Rabbi Mormon told me once that he once went to visit the Satma Rebbe, Reveal Teitelbaum, and he told him a vart that's a Chuvadik vart, and he told me that he doesn't think it's ever been published in the Satma Rebbe's name, and I don't know if it has or it hasn't since then, but it, when something's not published, it makes it more chashu, even though we have many volumes of Torah of the Satma Rebbe and the Dibriyayal and other Svarim, and so, you know, until we become an expert in those Svarim, it's very funny to say that uh, this is chashu because it wasn't published, but in a way it is. And he said a beautiful understanding of a Pasuk that we say in Tehillim, we say it in Sipi de Zimra every Shabbos and Yantif morning, it's in Perek Tzadi of Tehillim, Toshev Enosh Ad-Dakov, Vataymer Shuvu Bnei Adam. The simple English translation of this Pasuk is, you reduce man to pulp, HaKadosh Baruch Hu reduces Tashem Enosh Ad Daka. Daka means pulp. You reduce man to a pulp. And you say, Repent, O sons of man. Meaning HaKadosh Baruch Hu punishes man, HaKadosh Baruch Hu reprimands man, HaKadosh Baruch Hu sort of pushes him to the brink. And then he says, Shuvah B'nai Adam. When you're in a state of suffering, when you're in a state of difficulty in life, that's the perfect opportunity for HaKadosh Baruch Hu to whisper in man's ears, now it's time to do tshuva. Unfortunately, when things are going very well for us and when we're on top of the world, we don't have the inspiration, the motivation to repent because for what? Everything is going well. I don't want to repent. I don't want to rock the boat. Everything is going good. But when a person is in a bad matzah, when he's to a pulp, when he feels so lowly and so and so miserable, that's the simple interpretation of the Pasuk, but that's not the Samar Rebbe's interpretation of the Pasuk. Samar Rebbe says, Toshev Enesh Adako, we know is Gematria 26. Daka, the word Daka, Dalet Chaf Aleph, is Gematria 25. David Amalek is saying in this Pasuk that it's very hard for us lowly men, puny, humans, mortals, to come before the Rebbein Shalom and repent. What does it mean to come before the Rebbein Shalom? To do tshuva means to return to God. How do I return to God? God is so distant. He's so great and I'm so small. He's in Shemayim, I'm here on Oretz. He's the ultimate Kedusha and I am not so. How do I come before the Rebbein Shalom and do tshuva? How? How is it possible for me? It's like a, a trillion miles away. How am I able to come before the Rabbi Shalom, Lifne Hashem Titaru, to come before God and, and repent and cleanse oneself and purify oneself? How? Tashev Enesh Adapa. 
HaKadosh Baruch Hu takes man Adaka, he sits him, Tashev, he places him, he positions him, Adaka, at the 25th Madrega. When we're very close to the Rabbi Shalom, or we're within earshot of the Rabbi Shalom, Kaviyacho. The Rabbi Shalom is Yudke Vavke, he's 26, we are 25. Tashev Enesh Adaka, HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't leave us on the ground. HaKadosh Baruch Hu takes us gingerly by the hand and lifts us up to the 25th Madrega of Kedusha, and there he's able to properly explain to us, tell us, beseech us, plead with us, I put you so near me, now come close, come back to me. The beautiful Lord of the Satmarebbe. These are the days that we sit at Dakar. These days, between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, these are the days that if we have a chance to do tshuva, it's going to be now. Because these are the days that we are elevated. These are the days of awe. These are the Yamim Nairayim or as Rukham used to call them, the Yamim Niflayim. These are the wondrous days that we could aspire to greatness because we're so close to the Rebbe Rosh Hashanah, we stand in Shul the whole, so many hours and hours singing and davening, Tkiyah Shefer, Yimei These are days that we have a chance of doing tshuva. The rest of the year, of course, we always have a chance. As the Rambam says, even though tshuva is mekubelas the entire year, but it's very difficult to speak about tshuva, to think about tshuva, to do tshuva during the rest of the year. It's just a difficult thing. It's not the, we don't feel that it's the mitzvah sayayim. We feel it's so far. We're so mired in our day-to-day existence that we can't think about the holiness of the Rabbi and coming before him in a state of terror. It's just really unthinkable on a certain level. But these are days, we should seek out HaKadosh Baruch when he's found. He's found, he's palpable, he's here, he's with us. We're elevated. He comes to us, we come to him. These are days that there's a relationship that's close, as close can be. We are at Dhaka. We are on the 25th Madriga of Kedusha right now. If we're Zaycha to be in that proper state of mind. And Akhishvar is saying, okay, just jump a little more. Shuva Adam, come close to me. You're almost there. You can do it. So if you use a, just a simple muscle, sometimes you have a little child and he's shooting baskets, he's trying to get a basket in. So when the basket's 10 feet tall, it's hard for a lot of people to get a basket in. But a little kid, a little four or five year old boy, he's shooting and shooting and shooting the basket, the ball doesn't go higher than four or five feet. So it's hard, he gets frustrated. But then a father comes along and he sweeps him up and he picks him up till he's mamish at the basket and he says, now throw it in. And that's the moment that the boy feels good again. 
He feels accomplished because he's been able to do a task that he wasn't able to, even though he had help doing it, but he doesn't understand that it was his father that was helping him. He thinks it's him and he feels good. That's the days that we're in. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is picking us up, Kaviyachal, so near him. And he says, now shoot the ball. Shuvah B'nei Adam. The ball is in your court. Just shoot it. Just throw it. It'll work. It'll count. It'll be good. And we have to get to that 26th Madrid. We're not far now. We can do it if we want. We have all of the the trappings of Kedusha right now. If we stand any chance of doing this, it's now. It's not going to be in a week from now. It's not going to be in a month from now. It's certainly not going to be in 10 months from now. But right now, we are elevated. We are picked up by the Rabbi Nishayim, and he's telling us, you're almost there. Just shuvu b'nei adam. Come back. You could do it. I'm here for you. I'm holding you. These are days that we could be like Malachim. We could be like angels if we tried. We're so close to the Rabbeinu that we could be like angels. There's a big machlekes in, in the Sarim. Do angels have the hero or not? Everybody thinks that angels are not Bali the hero. There are certain Sarim that say that they in fact are Bali the hero. They could go against the Rabbeinu In fact, there are Gemaras that speak to this. There are stories in the Gemara that there, are, there were Malachim, Shidim, Kaifas that went against the Rabbi Shalom. So why do we consider Malachim to be so perfect? The answer is because even though they do have Bechira, but their Bechira is like almost a joke. Like I have Bechira to put my hand in, in fire. But I never will do that, because why would I want to burn myself? I'm so aware of the fact that it's fire, that it's almost like I don't have the fear. Do I, do I have a choice to do it? Of course I have a choice to put my hand in fire, but I never would, so it's not really the hero. The malachim are so close to the Rabbanishleilam, they see his kayak, they see his kisayat kavit, they see his kedusha, they see his glory, that although they could go against him in theory, perhaps, but they don't dare because they know how great he is. And these are days that if we're really close to Rabbanishlam as we should, and we feel his presence stronger than ever, we could do Averis, but we don't want to do Averis. We can't do Averis because we can't go against him. And it's in this climate that Akrishvaku tells us, okay, now come to me, come back. So how do we do this? How do we jump to the 26th Madrego? How do we go from step number 25 to that all-important step number 26 that we can actually be Lifnei Hashem on Yom Kippur in just a few days? What does Yud Kei Vav represent? Yud Kei Vav represents the Midas HaRachamim. We all know Elikim is Din, Yud Kei Vav Kei, Shem Hashem is Rachavim. And we know 
that there's a very special formula to elicit rachamim on Yom Kippur. It's really during the entire Mayaslicha, but we really, it's primarily for Yom Kippur. It was the time that HaKadosh Baruch Hu was very angry with Pal Yisrael, and Meshach Avedo pleaded with him to have mercy on us. And finally, HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, okay, I'm going to. Not only did he forgive us, but he gave us a formula forever to get Mechila. The Gemara in Rosh Hashanah, that Yitzayin says about the Yod Gimel Midas HaRachamim, Melamech Nesatev HaKadosh Baruch Hu Kishleach Sibor. HaKadosh Baruch Hu taught Meshur Rabbeinu the Yod Gimel Midas HaRachamim, Hashem Hashem Kalrachim Mechanon. HaKadosh Baruch Hu taught this to Meshur Rabbeinu. He wrapped himself like a Shleach Tzibor Kaviyachal in a talus. And he showed him how to say Hashem Hashem. This is what we keep saying over and over again in Slichas and on throughout the uh, the Slichas of Yom Kippur and by Ne'ilah many times. By Yabar Hashem Alpana, by Yikra Hashem Hashem, Karachim Lachanan. That's this Gemara. Hakadosh Baruch Hu wrapped himself like a Shliach Sibor and said to Meshur Rabbeinu, "This is how it's done." Amr Lai calls Manchi Yisrael Chaitin. Whenever Klai Yisrael sins, Yasu Lefanai Kaseder Azeh Tani Meichalochem. Whenever Klai Yisrael sins, whenever you need a Mechila, Yasu Lefanai Kaseder Azeh. He doesn't say say this. He doesn't say say Hashem Hashem. Yasu Lefanai. Do this. And as soon as you do this, so this formula, saying Hashem Hashem, is very critical to Mechila. HaKadosh Baruch Hu teaches us this, that whenever we want Mechila from Him, say the Yud Gimel Midas HaRachamim, Yasu Lachem, not say it, do it. And I believe that that is the key to getting up to the 26th level, to Yudkei Vavkei, Shuvu Bnei Adam. As soon as we're able to emulate the ways of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, as soon as we're able to copy Him, to be like Him, to find that Midas HaRachimim like He has, Yaselachem, when we're able to properly be like the Rabbeinu Shalom, that's when we'll be able to do Shuvu. That's when HaKadosh Baruch will be Meichalas. That's when we'll be able to climb up to that 26th rung of Yudkei Vavkei to attain the holiness of the mercy of HaKadosh Baruch When we're like Him, they'll be Meichalas. When we're like Him, we can be just as close as close can be. You have to follow in His ways. And the Gemara asks, how can I follow Him? He's an Eish Eichla. He's fire. How do I follow fire? How do I get near HaKadosh Baruch Hu? Follow His ways. When you follow His ways, then you'll be able to attain the level of Kedusha of being before HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Lifnei Hashem Tifaru. I want to say a few stories that show how Gidele Yisrael before and on Yom 
understood that this is a major component of tshuva. This is a prerequisite of coming before the Rabbi Islam to do tshuva is being able to follow him, to be a Balrachamim, like him. That's the greatest way of coming before him and doing tshuva on Yom Kippur. One of the great Hasidic masters, his name was Ramesha Leib Sasav. Ramesha Leib Sasavar was the great Sasavar Rebbe. And the Sasavar Rebbe was a guy in learning. He was a tremendous Namachacham, and he was also a huge tzaddik. And one time there was a Misnaged that came to the city of Sasavar. Misnaged is somebody that's anti Hasidim. People that felt that the Hasidic movement was misguided and wrong, and they were always trying to undermine Hasidim. And he was looking to find fault in Ramesha Wave in the Sasvarev. So what happened was he came once during the days of Slichas, the days that were in. And he came, he was sitting, he was davening in the Shtibal, and every morning the Sasharev would come, and one morning he missed. So of course this Misnagate starts laughing and telling the Hasidim, ah, the Rebbe slept late today. So they said, no, 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 the Rebbe didn't sleep late, the Rebbe's a tzaddik, the Rebbe would never miss Slifas. There must be a good reason that the Rebbe missed Slifas. He's probably in Shemayim. He's probably in heaven. He's probably like being misplayed. He went to heaven. He didn't come to Armin, he went to heaven. He says, yeah, right. And the next day again, the Rebbe missed davening, and this misnagate again started lacing into the Hasidim. The Rebbe, where is he? He's still in Shemayim? He said, yeah, we think so. The next morning, this misnagate got furious. So early in the morning, he went, and it was already cold in, in Russia, and it was already this time of year, and you know, Eastern Europe and Russia, it's cold. And so he got all bundled up and he went and he looked at the, through the Rebbe's window early in the morning and he sees the Rebbe sitting by a safer. He's impressed. And then all of a sudden he sees the Rebbe going and putting on a, a peasant's winter coat, like a, a fur coat but for peasants. And then he put on like a peasant's hat, one of those fur hats that you see the Russian Jews always having. Simple man's begotten. And he says, and Stagin says to himself, this is getting interesting now, where is the Rebbe going? And the Rebbe goes to the back of his house and he takes a, an axe and then he starts going deep into the Russian forest. And this misnaget is pursuing him from afar. And he goes and he sees the Rebbe knocking on a door of a, an old rickety hut. And an old almana answers the door and she's freezing cold. And he said to her, do you need firewood? I'm a wood chopper. She says, of course I need firewood. The fire wood ran out a long time ago. I'm freezing here, 
but I could use, uh, I could definitely use firewood. He says, no problem. And he goes out to the, to the forest and he starts chopping down a tree and cutting it up into firewood, into logs. And he comes back an hour later and this misnagate is looking at this whole thing play itself out in real time. And he comes back to the Alman and he comes into her house and he says, here's the firewood. She says, I, I don't have money to pay you. He says, okay, you'll pay me some other time. And I'll be back tomorrow morning as well. You don't have to worry about the money. Whenever you have a chance, you'll pay me. And as he was throwing the, the firewood into the fireplace, into the furnace, Ramesha Sasser was saying, the Yudgim Hashem Hashem Kelrachem Machanim. This was his Avaidah of Erev Yamakipurim, to emulate the ways of the Rabbinic Shalom. Yaselochem to Seder Azeh, not just to say the Yudgimomidas Rachman, but to actually do the Yudgimomidas Rachman. He understood that that was the way to be like the Rabbinic to get close to the Rabbinic to get on that 26th Madrega of Yemakipurim, of Lubna Hashem Tetaru. It's not enough just to have a master, you have to live the master. You have to actually do what HaKadosh Baruch Hu does in order to be close to him, to be in front of him, to do tshuva. Ba'atayimah shuva b'nei adam. When this misnage came back that morning, the Hasidim said, he followed the Rebbe, he looked where the Rebbe went, he says, yeah. Were we right? He went to Shemayim, right? He went to heaven, correct? He said no. He went much higher. Much, much higher. He attained the 26th Madrego, which is Lufnei Hashem. We saw Salanter on Erev Yom Kippur while everybody was busy with their own achanas with the Yishtudah Tzedakas. We saw Salanter was seen running through the streets of the city with a hammer. And the Talmudim ran after him. Where are you going with a hammer on Erev Yom Kippur? You have nothing else to do. There's no mikvah, there's no kittel, there's no tzuda, there's no mechila, there's no tzilazah. You're running around with a hammer? And they followed him into the Beis Medrash. In the Beis Medrash, there were wooden benches with nails in them. And he said, people come on Yom Kippur with their finery, with their nice dresses, with their nice suits. And very often, they get snagged on these nails that always come up from the bench. And that stares their whole feel on Yom Kippur. So on Eric Yom Kippur, I made it my business, my minute is to go and take a hammer and make sure that all of those nails are flush with the wood so that nothing of the sort happens in Yom Kippur. That's an Avedah of Yom Kippur. That's, that's the Yom Kippur to Avedah. That's Chesed. That's Hashem Hashem Kel Racham Mechanon. It's thinking about somebody else, doing Chesed for somebody else, being concerned with a fellow's peace of mind in Yom Kippur. That's the greatest way to enter Yom Kippur. 
the greatest way to prepare oneself for tshuva, being with the Hashem, of coming back to the Rebbein Shalom, is being near the Rebbein Shalom, is coming up on that 26th plank of Hashem Hashem, of Rachamim. The great Kleisenberger Rabbah is a hero. If you ever read the Psalm of the Kleisenberger Rabbah, the biographies that are written about him, he's, he's literally like superhuman. But he was able to endure throughout the war his, the loss of his family, of his community, of, of everything, and the way he was able to, during the war and after the war, rebuild and be so strong for so many people. It's incredible. The stories that are told about the Kleismagrad, I don't think are duplicated in any other person. Arabian and Kippur in the DP camps after the war, the Kleismagrad was preparing in his room for Yom Kippur, for the Yom And who knows what he was doing in that room. He was being a spy day, he was... He was preparing, he was preparing for the davening of Yom Kippur. And there was a knock on the door of his home. And there was a girl that was standing there, a teenage girl. And he says, what can I do for you? So she said, it's Eric Yom Kippur. My father is no longer alive, he was killed by the Nazis. But his minig was, every Arabian Kippur, as is the minig Yisrael, he used to bench me. Simech alakim kisar rifgarach avalayah, especially Yerasein, on Arabian Kippur. He says he's no longer alive. Can I ask the Rebbe to please take his place today and bench me? And the rebel, with tears in his eyes, put his hands near her head and gave her a bracha, a fatherly, lovingly bracha. And then he went back to his room, and this girl couldn't contain her happiness. And she told all of her friends in the DP camp what the rebel had done. Shortly thereafter, there was another knock on the door. And the Rebbe again opens the door and there is a line of girls, dozens of girls just standing on line waiting for the Rebbe to bench them. And he did. He gave up his Arabian Kippur to bestow chesed on these girls, on these assignments. Because that's the way to go into Yom Kippur to have mercy, to have compassion, to have pity, to be nice, to be kind, to be sweet to other people, to show that we are like you, Rabbi Nishan. We have those midas harachamim in us. We are all Yisrael. It's an amazing story that somebody showed me about Rizalag Epstein. Rebzal Gepstein was uh, the Rosh Shiva in Sharatayra in Kew Gardens in Queens. He was a, a tremendous pikeach. People used to go to him all the time for eights. He was a very straight shooter. He was just known for his 
very straight thinking and his brilliant mind, the Gedele Yisrael felt that he was like the Rosh Hashiva of Rosh Hashivas. I once had this chus of driving him back from a chasna. And this was before the days of waves. And um, needless to say, I got very lost. And I got lost in a very dangerous neighborhood. And with his brilliance and with his perfect midas, he was able to immediately guide us back out of that area and, uh, and get us home. And I had such a delightful ride with him, and he was so insightful, and he was talking to me about my, my great-great-grandfather and, and, and who he was and, and the history and how he knew everything. He knew everything about everything. And he was a tzaddik. On top of everything else, he was a very big tzaddik. And he shouldered many, many Simon and Almanis and people that needed help. There was a woman who was tragically widowed. She was a, uh, a Holocaust survivor, her and her husband, and they came to America, they built a family with three children, and things got very hard, and, and the husband couldn't live with all of the, the nightmares of the Holocaust. He just couldn't deal with it. You can understand that. If you think about what they go through, what they went through during those years, that literally to the depths of Gehenna, they, 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 they sunk. They were tortured, and they were humiliated, and they were starved, and they were marched, and they were enslaved and embittered, and it's impossible to describe what Yidin of that Kufa went through. We, we could stand here in an air-conditioned-based medrash and try to describe, but we would never be able to scratch the surface of the Gehenna that they went through. And he couldn't take it anymore. He was so tormented by the pain of what he had experienced, that he took his own life, Rahman And And this woman was now left in Almana, and Rebzelig stepped forward, he oversaw all of her needs, he helped her, he schmoozed her, he took her, he walked her through this terrible ordeal. But then Akhenishparfu tested her once again, and one of her sons took ill, and Rebzella began help with the medical expenses and the procedures and taking him to doctors, and Rebzella literally stuck his neck out for these people. He became Abiyah Yisayim Al-Mamis. One of this, this son who took ill, as much as they were trying so hard to save him, and this woman was so tormented already from her husband, and now she had to go through this, he was Nifter and Erebian Kippur. And the Torah was not going to be done until the day after Yom Kippur. And Rebzalik was about to go to Shul and Yom Kippur, and then all of a sudden, as he's walking to Shul, to Yeshiva, for Kal Nidre, it dawned on him that it's dangerous to leave this woman, this Almana, alone because she might just do the same thing that her husband did. She might feel so depressed and so alone after going through the Holocaust, going through her husband's 
suicide, going through her son's patira, it might just be too much for this frail woman to handle. And it occurred to Abzalik that I can't leave her alone on Yom Kippur. So he went to the Beis Medrash to Tervadas, where he was Rashiva before he was Rashiva in Sharatera. And he went over to Ryakov Kamenetsky. Ryakov was already saying Kol Nidre. And he asked Ryakov, do you think it's okay? I just want to ask you, do you think it's okay for me to take a bus on Kol Nidre night, after Nacht, to go and be with the Salmanah for Pikuach Nefesh? And Ryakov said yes. And he pointed to some change that he had in a copy of his in the base Medrash. That was change that was supposed to be for his bus fare to go home after, after Yom Kippur. He said to Abzalik, take that change and use it. So Abzalik on Kol Nidre night, Rashiva, the Tzadik, the guy on Yom Kippur night, Yom Kippur night, Kol Nidre night, he took change he gave it to a bus driver. He sat in a bus, traveled far to get to the Salmana's house, and he stayed in the Salmana's house the entire Yom Kippur until after the Kfur, until he knew that she was safe and she was okay. This is godless. It seems to be so not Yom Kippur dick in a way. Yom Kippur is the day that we have our Maksayim and our Kittles and our Talisim and we're davening and it's all Tulil Hashem. But if we understand what really will get us to that 26th Madrego, it's the Yudke Vavke. It's the fact that we as human beings, we as Kala Yisrael have the Rachmanis that we display with our fellow men. That gets us close to Rabbi That is the greatest chus and din. That's the greatest way to do tshuva. Tshuva is coming back before the Rabbi We're here. How do we show it? How do we get closer? Is it just lip service? Is it just plopping our face? Is it just Hashem Hashem? Rattling off a couple of slichas and presto, we're, uh, we're in Shari Shamayim? Yasu lochem kaseidr it's not enough just to speak, we have to do it. We have to live it. We have to show Akhenishparko, we're trying desperately to be like you, to imitate you, to follow you. And that's how we're able to come into Shari Shemayim and higher. One of the Rashi Tevis of Elul we know we're familiar with the famous one, Anilu Daidi Vidaidi Li. But there's another one that's brought in the Sarim. It's a very funny one. Also Rashi Tevis El. This is of course a Pasuk and Megillus Esther talking about the mitzvahs on Purim of Mishlayach Manais Ishlareyu. So we sort of break apart that pasuk. What in the world does that have to do with Elul, with Rosh Hashanah Kippur? What does that have to do with us? We're supposed to send Shalchmanes, we're supposed to send Matan. What are we supposed to do? So 
the Kitzur Shachanan says, yeah, it's a time for tzedakah. It shows we're supposed to give tzedakah on, during these days. I'd like to give another interpretation of what this Rashi Tevis represents. This Pasuk always struck me as a little strange. It says, On Purim, you're supposed to send Manes Ishlareyehu. Supposed to send Shalach Manes, a man to his friend, a man to his friend, Ishlareyehu, Umatanes And Matanes, you're supposed to give to Abyeinu. What about Ish? It should say, Lucher Matanes Ish Labyeinu. What does it mean? Mishlech Manes Ish Lareyehu, and then all of a sudden it's conspicuously absent, the Ish, at the end of the Pasuk. So I wanted to say once, based on a Rambam, in Hilchas Megillah, Perak Beis Halacha Yedzayin, the Rambam says as follows, Mutav Adam Laharbeis B'matanes Evyayinim M'laharbeis B'sudasai if you would ask somebody, the average man in the street, what do you spend more money on on Purim? Do you spend more money on Shalach Manas or Matanas Avyayin? I think 9 out of 10 people would say, if they're honest, Shalach Manas. Shalach Manas is a huge business. You go into all these stores and they have ready-made Shalach Manas. Tzedakahs give out pre-made shalach manas. You go into amazing savings. They're selling baskets and, and cans and this and that. It's a huge business. If you want to have 50 friends, you've got to produce 50 shalach manas. Every shalach manas could be anywhere from 5 to $50, maybe $100, big money. Thousands of dollars. And how much matanas of yen do you give out? I don't know. It depends. Some people talk to give out a lot of money for shalach for matanas of yen. Some people give out you know, $20, $50, $100, but it doesn't nearly compare, probably, with the amount of money that's spent on Shalach Manas. The Rambam says that this is all wrong. It's much more important to spend money on Matanis Levyanin than money on Shalach Manas. It should be Marba much more. If you spend $1,000 on making your Shalach Manas, that's great, but spend $10,000 on Matanis Levyanin. Why? So the Rambam says, "She'ein shom simcha gedayla u'mufuara el v'samech le'vanim yisayim v'almanis v'geirin." Because we're looking for simcha on her. There is no greater feeling of happiness than to gladden the hearts of poor people, orphans, widows, geirin. She'amisameach le'vam lolamaylo. Because if somebody actually makes them happy, if somebody makes them joyous on this, on Purim, the Rambam says such a person is similar, resembles the Shechina Kaviyachal. And he brings a Pasuk. To revive the spirit of those that are downtrodden and to revive the hearts of the depressed. People that are 
so down in life. People that don't have an easy day in their life. And comes Purim and they are given an opportunity to have money to feel good about themselves. That is godly. That's divine. That's daimul shminah. Much more than giving your rich friends shalachmanas. That's very nice. But the simcha that comes from that, the simcha that's generated from that momentary fleeting pleasure of giving to your neighbors fancy baskets of fruit and cake, that doesn't touch the simcha that comes from giving money, funds that are so desperately needed by the people that are so down. And by you being mechayadam, by you reviving their spirits, you are godly. You are daimalashrina, says the Rambam. And I was thinking that that might be the pshat in this pasuk. When you're sending a shalachmanis to your friend, that's very nice, but you're an ish. You're a man, you're a human being. It's a human mitzvah. We like sending to the people that we're comfortable with, our friends, our neighbors, reciprocate, or re- that's nice. It's ish. It's human. It's a human mitzvah. When it comes to matanis lavyayim, there's no ish. You're daimel shchina. As you're able to send money to people that need it, to give them, to feed them, to cut and chop firewood for them, to take a bus and yom kippur for them, to give them a broth on Arab yom kippur. This is Daimul Ashkina, this is higher, this is much higher. This is no Ish, there's no Ish in you anymore at this point. You're not even a Malach, you're above and beyond the Malach, you're on the 26th rung. That's Tshuva. Tshuva is Yasul of Fanai Kasejah, said, just do it, be like me, and then you'll come back to me in the Mela, you're going to be perfect, you'll be me. If you're if you care enough to empathize and to pity people that need it, you're much higher than a malach. You're daimel There's no ish. There's no trace of an ish in you. You're no longer human. You are superhuman. And Purim and Yom Kippurim, we know are two sides of one coin, Yom Kippurim. Yom Kippur is the same thing. The Avedah of Yom Kippur is of course a tremendous Avedah of Benadam HaMakim. But if you discount the Benadam HaChaveh, if you think that you can just get through the Shara Shamayim Psach by Ni'ila, just merely by being close to Rabbi but not really empathizing with people next to you, people that are needy, people that are lowly. It doesn't work. Rituals are nice. It doesn't say, though, has very little interest in the Amira without the Maisel. We could talk the talk, but if we're not walking the walk, if we're not mamish daimel 
if we're not Hashem, Hashem, Karachem, Chamen, if we're not understanding that these are days of Dirsha Hashem, the Imatzei, the Yaisei, Karayv, we have opportunities of getting close to Rabbi The only way that we know of getting close to Him is following in His ways. That's the Aveda of Yema Kippurim. And this is something that I think it's important for us to give a little thought to before Yom Kippur. To look for opportunities to be nice to one another, to do favors for one another, to go help other people, to visit people in the hospital perhaps. If you know somebody that needs something, to be there for them. We had a Cheshavah Kyle guy a few years ago. And, I don't know, I was giving a Shalom Bayes Vad at my table on Wednesdays, and I told him about the importance of, of helping out your wife before Yom Tif, and uh, he came over to me after Yom Kippur, and he said to me that, uh, did you notice that I wasn't in Yeshiva for Ni'ilah? I said, yeah, I actually did notice that. He said, well, it's thanks to you that I wasn't here. He said, because I went home for the break, and my wife wasn't feeling well, and she had a, she had a very bad headache, and the kids were jumping all over the place, and she, she wasn't able to deal with it well. And I understood that as important as it is to be in yeshiva for Ne'ilah, to say Hashem Kim seven times, to say Shema Yisrael, all the Yegim is to say, to hear the Tkiyas at the end of Ne'ilah, Kiddush Levana, Tzibor, I understood implicitly that it was far more important for me to be home at that moment than for me to be in Shul, for me to be in Yeshiva. And I said to him, you are a billion times right. Billion percent. The Rebbeinu Shalom, the schos of that Ne'ilah was greater than all of the Ne'ilahs, probably the guys in Yeshiva combined. That's what it's all about. Reb Zala could have said, well, listen, you know, she's an Almana, it's fine, but it's my Yom Kippur. I get one day, I get one day a year to get my Yom Kippur. I'm not, I'm not going to give it up. The Chavetz Chaim had a Talmud in Rabin who was asked by a neighboring small village nearby if he could come and daven for the Ahmed on Yom Nairam, Bloshefer. They were a city of very simple people. They didn't know how to, how to read well. They needed a Baltfila and they found out this guy would be very good for them. And he said to them, I can't. I want to spend Yom Kippur, Rosh Yom Kippur with the Chavetz Chaim. Uh, can you blame him? Can't blame them. Who wouldn't want to spend Rosh Hashanah Kippur the Chavetz Chaim the Mechitz the Chavetz Chaim? And so he rejected their offer. He said, "No, I'm sorry, I can't." And the Chavetz Chaim heard about this, and he called his bacher and he says, "How can you not? How can you not? There's a community that needs you. That's your avodah on Yom Kippurim. Yom Kippur is not about me." It's not about making sure that my Yom Kippur is perfect. That if you're not caring about other people's Yom Kippur, then your Yom Kippur is not really Yom Kippur. 
Yom Kippur, like Purim, the Iker Avedas Hayyim is not the Shalachman, it's not the social aspect, not the this and the feel-good aspect. It's the ability to care and to commiserate with somebody else. Enayim Shalaniyim Nesuis Lamikri Megillah, the Gemara says. The eyes of Aniyim look forward it with a great anticipation to Kriyas and Megillah because they know that they're going to make some money that day. And our eyes have to focus on the Aniyim, on Purim, and that's the greatest simcha that we could have. And our eyes have to focus on those Omwalim, those people that need us, Aniyim Haki Purim. And with that, in Mitzvah Hashem, we will be able to be Tashe Venish Adaka, the time of Shuvah Adam. The Shuvah will come when we're able to jump from the 25th rung into the arms of the Rabbeinu Shalom, the Yud Gimel, Midas Harachamim, the Shem Hashem, the Shem Harachamim. The more compassion that we're able to show and to shower upon other people, so is Akadosh Baruch Hu's Mechila upon us. I want you to be Zayfet to the Gemara Chasimah